everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Ashlyn Phelps, the communications coordinator at High Point Church. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about men's mentoring, why it's important, what it should look like, and how to get started. Our lead pastor, Nick Gibson, is here to talk with Lloyd Biddle and Tim Check, both of whom have done significant work in this area at High Point. And finally, we haven't forgotten about our female listeners. Next week's episode will be on women's mentoring. As always, if you've got a question about what you heard, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is Nick Gibson. I'm here with Lloyd Biddle, um, associate pastor at High Point Church for two more days, and Tim Check, our pastoral fellow. We're going to be talking about men's mentoring today, and um, that's a responsibility that Lloyd has had um, for the last little while here. He's helped get things kind of rolling, and then he's going to be handing it off as he goes on to his new assignment. Why don't you guys say hi, and then I'll get us going with some stuff. Yeah. Um, this is Lloyd. Looking forward to uh, having this uh, discussion on uh, mentoring. Um, uh, I feel like I've got a few things to share about the relationship with my current mentor that maybe could be helpful to other men. And Tim here, uh, excited to really for the future of men's mentoring at High Point. I think we've seen glimpses of just the impact that it can make and the the good things that God has in store for specifically men at High Point through mentoring. And yeah, excited to dive into that today. Yeah, we've been doing a series over the last few months at High Point out of First Thessalonians called Imitators and Examples. Um, one of the emphases in the book of First Thessalonians is the Apostle Paul saying that he knew that God had chosen the Thessalonians because they became imitators of them and of the Lord at the same time, and that they recognized that in order to imitate the Lord who they could not see, they had to imitate disciples further along in the faith who had come and ministered to them. And so that dynamic, uh, that's also in Second in, uh, Timothy, of entrusting to reliable men what you've already learned so that they'll be capable of teaching others. That idea of discipleship handed from one generation to another generation as an intergenerational work we are referring to as mentoring today, obviously. Okay, guys, so um, why do you believe it's particularly important to have mentoring among the men at High Point? Let me kick that off. Uh, one of the things, uh, so I'm a guy in my in my 50s, and I, I don't think this is necessarily true of, of young men in my generation, but it, it seems to be true of men in this generation, that there is a tremendous hunger for mentorship, uh, for uh, an, another adult man a little further down the path with Christ, to be able to uh, process through uh, some of the things familiar to, to manhood, dating, marriage, children, work, theology, leadership from a male perspective. Um, and so there's just, there seems to be a real hunger among young men uh, aged 20 to 35 uh, for mentorship. And therefore, the uh, men like such as myself and others um, need to uh, fulfill the need. And the other thing is it's, that's always been the way in which the gospel functioned, which was that we follow Christ and then he taught us how to shepherd others. We were both disciples and disciple makers. So those are some of the things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I just wanted to add too that none of this exists in a vacuum where, oh, you either get mentored or you're trying to figure it, you're obviously trying to figure it out for yourself. But as we've been talking about a little bit in the First Thessalonians Imitators and Examples series, men need mentors because we all imitate something. And if we are not actively choosing to imitate someone with a track record of godliness, we so often can just passively accept the social cues and norms from the culture around us. And uh, like Lloyd mentioned, uh, specifically dating, I think is a mess in our Christian world today. And we know something's off, but we we still have passively accepted our approach to dating from things our friends say, what we see on social media, you know, what we mm-hmm. watch on rom-coms on Netflix. Um, and yeah. we haven't actively sought out uh, Christians who have dated well and imitated them. So just as one example, uh, I think it's very important. Yeah, I feel like I've experienced younger people um, in my ministry. So, so I've been doing this for about 20 years with adults. And there was a time where there was a lot of young people liked to, to say some, some kind of sentence like this. Well, I don't want to be expected to live according to some kind of script. Which is like the like you date somebody, you get married, you like you go through these progressions, and then now, like ten years later, it's kind of like, what the heck are we supposed to do? And you're like, would you like a script? They're like, yes, please, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. So anyway, um, one of the things I think one of you made notes about is the, the, the for a number of generations in the United States, there has been this concept that people have used called rugged individualism, the idea that. And you, you should be able to take responsibility for yourself, even in a life that's fairly, even if you have to be a fairly rugged person to do so, that we should have a lot of personal resources and we want to have more resources in ourselves than we require, which can lead people to the idea when they watch people live according to rugged individualism, it can lead people to the idea that we're supposed to be islands or capable entirely within ourselves and not need any kind of mentoring. Um, as pastors, we recognize that people are individuals. They, like in some ways, they stand before God. They have to believe themselves. There is an individualism to human life, or individual, individualistic part of human life. And then there's a enormously overlapping, interdependent part of human life. How do you guys think that through specifically in relationship to mentoring? How do we make reasonably? How do we make men independent in the way they should be independent? Independent in the way they should be dependent or interdependent? Partly by utilizing relationships like this, man. When whenever I see a discipleship function in the Scripture, starting with Jesus, handing it over to the next generation of disciples, and then just thinking about it in my own life, I've always had a relationship, uh, either directly with a person or with a group of people. Uh, So I grew up in a time when most of my theological mentoring, training, and so forth happened in groups. So um, uh, I joined a a relatively large evangelical church in Bellwood where Sunday school was the norm. And so you would join a church, you would join a Sunday school class. That where there would be 30 or 40 people minimum studying the scripture together. And that's really where I learned the Bible was in a Sunday school uh, class. And uh, But then 
I got involved in the men's ministry, and that was a little more intimate group. Uh, got in, involved in married couples ministry, even more intimate still. And so, and and, and so, and and then uh, when Christ uh, saves us, He brings us into a body. And when He talks about the wealth that we have, He talks about brothers and sisters, and surrogate moms and dads. And so, so this this community element is fundamental to who we are. I am a part of the body and, the, and, 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 um, and there's no Christianity outside of that. And so, so that, that's part of the, the communal, uh, aspect. Nonetheless, I'm, I'm an individual person and, you know, with, with my own family and so forth and, 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 uh, required to make an individual decision, um, but even in so doing that, I'm, I've, I've joined this larger movement of Christians at High Point and then beyond that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's important for people to get in their minds that even even in our individual, we have to even learn how to be individuals from others, which is maybe it sounds like paradoxical. No, but, it's good. That's good. Yeah. Like what areas right, so, of life I need to take responsibility for myself, you know? Right, what, right. What so, areas? Um, what would you... What would you what would you say to someone who who says, "Well, aren't just I mean, isn't just having friends enough?" Like, what's the di- what's the difference between having a mentor or a discipler and just having friends? I mean, Christ- good Christian friends or good Christian fellowship, right? Yeah. Tim, you want to start with that? Yeah, I'll take that. Um, and I would say, well, it really depends on who your friends are. Are you are you surrounding yourself with people who are the same the same age group and the same? Uh, worldview and the same, you know, the same everything, or, or do you have intergenerational friendships? Uh, you know, deep friendships with our peers are very necessary and spiritually enriching, but there, there's often so little diversity in perspective and specifically life experience and, and being mentored by a man who's a life stage or two ahead of me brings practical wisdom that my friends and and those around me just I wouldn't be able to know on my my own right now and mentoring is is designed to do that it's designed to specifically be focused on on growth and maturity where other friendships are are a little bit more broad yeah i think before you jump in there lloyd i i do think people underestimate especially younger people just how strong the effect of sorting by preference is with modern technology that you can just never be around anybody who doesn't think just like you. And you, th- you actually feel like you're in a relative, everything, everybody thinks they're in a fairly diverse group of people, even when we're in much less more diverse group of people than we were maybe 20 years ago. And so having somebody just of a different age can be very helpful. Like, what, what would you want to add to that idea about, um, having more, more than just your friends, that there's a, another kind of role maybe or something like that? Well, when I uh, became a pastor, I became a, a little older than most start. And so I, I joined uh, High Point at age 48 after working um, in business for many years. And I quickly realized that though I had a lot of experience and even a lot of leadership experience in the in the, the church as a volunteer, I didn't have a lot of pastoral experience. And there are some things that that I could uh, and did learn from from Nick, who would have been the uh, only adult pastor on staff at the time. But I needed 
some more some more help. I needed some mentoring. And so I was fortunate the Lord provided me a, a mentor into Greg Bergman, who at the time was the executive pastor over at Blackhawk Church. And we would just meet every quarter and he would tell me what challenges the church was, was following, what books he was reading, how he was praying. And that relationship went on for about three or four years. And mm-hmm. I don't think I would have grown as a pastor as nearly as w- much as I uh, as I did w- with his help, I mean his, that yeah. that relationship was was vital to my growth. And then after uh, Greg retired and moved back home to Minneapolis, uh, I've been having more of a peer mentoring situation with Charles Yu, who does a similar job that, that I do over at Blackhawk. And so we meet every quarter, and it's had that same benefit. And I have found that I need that intentional. Uh, relationships where I know I'm going there to learn. And in mm-hmm. in both of those cases, they also saw opportunity in being able to learn from me and what we were doing at High Point and what books uh, we were reading and so forth. And so, but it was intentional. And I, I recognize when I go to meet with them that I'm going to learn something yeah. uh, of Christ that can help me in ministry. So it's vital. It's been vital to my development uh, even at, at my age, you know, uh, you know, I I'm still looking for mentors. I haven't. You, I don't think yeah. you ever outgrow the need for a disciple maker in your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, frankly, when I'm looking for someone to mentor me, I'm looking for someone that I regard as a superior at something. I mean, maybe not everything in all of human life, but something. And I'm and that does what you like. You were saying, Lloyd, is it when you think of it that way, it puts you in a learning posture, and you become yeah. more absorbent. Yeah, and you just get more out of it, and yeah, they learn from you. Blah blah blah. We all learn from each other and all that. Yeah. Yes, I agree right. with that. Right. But like, there's something about saying this person is my better at this thing, and yes. I'm going to get in a learning attitude right now. Right. Amen. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that's crucial. So, Lloyd, one of the things you, I know you faced, and Tim, you faced, is that people can be really intimidated by the prospect of men- being a mentor. Yeah. Or of mentoring. Yeah. Um, what would you say to these folks? They, maybe they feel like it's they, they can't fit into their life. They're super busy or they're just awkward about the relationship. Or maybe I think what you hear the most just is like me. I couldn't do that. I can't mentor somebody. Yeah. I've been, I've been, what, uh, what do you say to people who feel that way? <laughs> I've been I've been hearing a lot of that. And yeah. So Alexi, Alexi hears a lot too. So for people who don't know, Alexi, my wife, leads – is the point leader for the women's mentoring. She's helped start that. Then that's what she hears the most too, is women say, oh, well, me, why would you want me to be a mentor? I mean, I, I'm a mess myself. Yep. Um, he, he, here's how I've been a little able to break through that. So over the last couple of months, I've been able to recruit 11 men to volunteer to become mentors. Some of them are super busy. Some of them are doctors with four or five kids and, you know, just gave birth to a child two weeks ago who are willing to dedicate some of their valuable time to bring along another man in Christ. You know, uh, uh, others are, you know, business owners whose businesses are not, you know, are really struggling during COVID-19 who are saying, you know, no, I think, I think this is an opportunity for me to mentor some folks. And uh, I, I, I think the, that to try to get people focused on the the needs of others, and so in, in in the case of myself, I'm interviewing a young guy who's about thirty, 
who happens to be a PhD student who's kind of struggling with whether he should finish. He might take another two more years to finish his PhD or just go to work. Uh, who's who's interested perhaps in a couple of different ladies at church asking them for a date and you know needs to, needs to borrow a car you know I you know I I got I got like two cars and then my 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 youngest son is car sitting in my driving license so I got cars coming out of my ears you know so I can lend him a car you know you know I can I know one of the girls he wants to date and I, in one case I was like yeah you're gonna have to really be explicit with that one if you want to date her you better she's not gonna pick up on subtle hints you're gonna have to say it <laughs> and 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 so I, I just found that. Um, there's just a lot of practical things that I've been through. I mean, over 55 years, I've been through dating. I've had to make decisions about whether to go to school, or when to work. And, and so I, um, just life just gives you some experience. And, and then if you are a Christian and, and, and you, you come to church and you, you read the Bible, then there's some things theologically, too, that you can share. And so I just try to, I try to, to, to assuage people that, no, if you if you've been following Christ, if you believe Jesus, if you're faith, then then there's something, there's someone you can mentor. There's someone let let us let us figure out who that person is. You just clear up some time to help. Yeah. yeah. And even I think one of the most beautiful things about mentoring is is that you can simply invite someone into parts of your life that might be full already where you know, you invite a guy over for a random Tuesday night dinner, or if you're going hiking with your family, you invite him along. You, you know, you're doing a project in the backyard. You get some free labor out of it. You know, um, you just yeah. teach him something you've been doing for years. And and I think we've we sometimes have this idea that mentoring is like this this done in this sterile environment of over coffee, where it's just a, a series of question and answers and. Obviously, there's a place for that, but it's also real life. You know, it's teaching. It's asking what questions matter in your mentee's life right now, yeah. and it's it's far less sterile and more more messy and more real life, and uh, just full, hopefully, full of encouragement and growth and and just real conversation that can be done in in any scenario. Yeah, yeah. So I. One of the things that I like to say to people when they're when they're like, "Who me? How could I be a mentor?" I say to them, "Well, if you don't think you are in a place where you could be a mentor, what incredibly intense things are you doing to be a better disciple right now? Then tell me who your two mentors are, and like how long your extensive quiet times are. Because if you don't think that you have stuff worthwhile to pass on, you must think that you suck at your own life." And I would think that if you thought that, you would be doing some really, really stark things right now to make sure that wasn't the case so that your wife and your children and everybody you're a coworker with and all these people would not have to suffer any longer from your nonsense, right? Because most people don't think that, mm -hmm. right? So if you think you're doing it decently well, then you should be a mentor. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you should, uh, you should be getting one or be doing some really radical things mm -hmm. so that the people in your life are not suffering from your social, spiritual, whatever, incompetence, right? And so in that sense, if you can't be a mentor, then you probably need to ask for one or something, right? I mean, Amen. I think some people are just a little embarrassed. Mm -hmm. you know? and, then, and then we just need to help people understand that the, the best 
scenario for them to be in, in terms of their spiritual progression in Christ, is that they have some form of mentoring relationship. There's somebody who they know is discipling them and they are discipling someone else. That mm -hmm. the best way for them to, to grow is to have both of those positions filled. Uh, a, yeah. a teacher, coach, and then someone that they know for certain that they are that they are mentoring and that they're responsible for helping grow in Christ. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it, and one last thing. I'll move on to this next question. Is um, I think sometimes when people who are like over, let's say, twenty eight, I th I think people just underestimate how much they have learned in their life through just absorption. Mm. And so, because you don't get degrees and certifications for like dealing with the first three years of marriage and not quitting when you have your first bad boss and you just forget you learned a lot. You don't even really realize it. Mm -hmm. And you do have more to teach than you think. That's true. Mm -hmm. All right. So Lloyd, it, from a, from a little bit more formal perspective, mm -hmm. um, when people do get into mentoring relationships, whether through the program, mm -hmm. um, like where somebody's assigned or whether you just ask somebody who's more experienced than you, to be to mentor you or somewhere to meet with you, what 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 are the goals of that kind of relationship? I think later we're going to ask a yeah. question about how, how how to structure such a relationship. But what are the goals? Yeah, I um, it really in in our case we have a form by which we ask the mentee what are they hoping to get from the relationship. In in some cases we have a very new Christian and they need everything they. They need someone to help them learn how to read the scripture, understand basic uh, theology. They, then they need a role model who they can just uh, see live out the gospel in the various forms by, in which we live out our lives, right? So they need they need both. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the case of this one young man, that he's got some very specific challenges that are right in front of him that he wants to talk to me about. Mm -hmm. Am I going to continue in this PhD program? How should I approach these these women? And in this case, I've brought him along to some ministers for, uh, um, programs with me, just just so that just so we can hang out, and it could be a little easier uh, for me to make time for him. And mm -hmm. and so it, I do think it really does depend on the particular man and where they are uh, in their lives right now, and that you should let their relationship flow out of that scenario. Um, that's been the approach that I've been working with, Nick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tim, you have anything to say on that? Or? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's helpful for me and perhaps people like myself to recognize that, that goals will change over time as, as the relationship develops, as you know, in Lloyd's case, you know, these same questions uh, may be asked for the next six months, but then there might be some clarity to those and there might be uh, a chance to look, you know, further down the road and, and establish some some new goals and, and life might not be as stressful. And so, okay, well, let's, how do we, how do we focus on whether it's, you know, growing spiritually uh, in a particular way, growing in godliness, um, you know, it's just going to change and flex over time. And that's, helpful to recognize. Yeah. I've never had anybody really buck 
or nor have I had really bad experience with somebody saying, "Hey, what are your goals for this?" or saying to somebody, "Hey, we're gonna have this do this thing. What do you, what do you, what are your goals? What are you hoping to get out of this?" I mean, that's usually always a positive thing, right? Yep. Right. And I, when I, when people ask me to mentor them in something, I almost always tell them what I'm hoping to get out of it too. Well, I'm hoping to get some yard work help. I'm hoping to get some yeah. this or that. <laughs> and, and that's it's just part of it, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about qualifications? Right. How, for, for how do we know someone's ready? Yeah. For somebody who's going to mentor, how, how do we know somebody's ready to mentor? Or when, when do you know you're ready to mentor? Yeah, we, we want, um, we want someone who is, um, been walking with Christ for, for some period, not a novice, um, someone who has good self-knowledge. They, they know, what they know and they know where their where their weaknesses are right that they're realistic about uh about who they are in Christ i, I want to say it's in Romans chapter 12 where uh in the first two or three verses maybe four verses where Paul start talks about this this nature of not thinking of yourselves any higher than you ought to but that you have a good sober understanding of of your strengths and weaknesses in Christ. So, so we want someone there. And then, I mean, I, I, we, we, we don't want someone who's knows they're, 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 they're struggling with some terrible besetting sin. That's probably not the best, uh, uh, person to, to, to mentor. Uh, but so that, that might be a, a disqualification. Um, but on the same token, we're not asking for, for perfection, we're asking for faithfulness and a, a desire to grow, and a and a desire to see to see others grow. Just a compassion, yeah. I think, That's is a good. is a great uh, quality in someone to see the next generation raised up for you know for the kingdom. Um, if there's if there's a hint of that, there's so much potential and. Um, it's only important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it, it, here, this may be a little too simplistic, but if you imagine yourself walking through the woods at night and you smash your head on a tree limb, that's like right about four, four, your forehead level, you know, and you know, there's somebody coming behind you. You, after you like wince, you you stop and you go, Hey, there's a branch right here. I mean, that, in some ways that's like what mentors do, right? right it, yeah. It's not like you have to know all this theology. It's kind of like, as you go through life, you hit your head on stuff and then you all you do, you just turn to somebody who's come about to come through that same life stage and you say, Hey, this happens. <laughs> you don't even always have the answers, but you know, you can say, look, Hey, when you have your first kid, here's like two or the three things that happened in my marriage. Mm-hmm. Now I saw them like this, but like, man, if you just know they're coming, I remember one time I was, um, I was in Chicago. I was playing basketball with a bunch of non-Christian guys older than me. And, um, Alexi had just gotten pregnant with our first child and she's about three weeks along and, so I said something while we were all shooting, warming up or, or Siler, the guy I was working with said something to the other guys. Oh, Nick's expecting his first kid. This guy turned to me. He's like, Oh, you're going to put on 25 pounds. And I was like, what? And he's like, Oh yeah. She starts eating more. You just eat more with her. You know, before you know it, you know, she's gaining her weight, but she's making a human, but you're just gaining, you're just gaining weight. And I was like, no, I'm not. And thank you. 
You know, like I, right. it's like it was. I just, I, I was, I swear, I was like, that has been happening. I have been eating more because my wife eats more, and but she's making a human, and just like that guy saying that, yeah, I had no idea that was going to happen. That right. kind of practical knowledge is just lost. Nobody teaches people that stuff. And your parents, by the time you get that age, unless you're seeing them all the time or whatever, oftentimes your parents are like four or five life stages ahead of you and they don't really kind of remember this stuff. But somebody who was like through it in the last five years or the last 10 years, oftentimes they really remember and they're like, oh yeah, that man, this thing happened. Yeah. It, it's, it, I know that's in some ways a simplistic, but in a lot of ways you don't have to solve people's problems for them. If you can just warn them, mm-hmm. then they can be vigilant. Right. You know, I found that to be really helpful. I think that's true. And I think the the mentoring that dads are, and parents are supposed to do for their children and um, it, it, it uh, doesn't always work the way we had hoped. And we all hope that our children would listen to us carefully, <laughs> uh, whether we're screaming or gentle, right? That that they would recognize that that God has given them parents with wisdoms and that they'll absorb it. But then we've all seen how they tend to learn better uh, from their peers or from their coaches or someone else that is is not in their home that they, that they don't hear from all the time, right? And mm-hmm. so so even even where we've got excellent parents. Um, sometimes there's a phase in our lives where good mentors can be more effective, mm-hmm. that they'll, they'll have more influence uh, spiritually on our, on young people than parents can be. And, uh, even more now that, that parent kids are starting to, when they're becoming adults are living miles and miles away from their parents. So, you know, yeah. I used him as an example. His parents are three hours or four hours away. And so there's only so much person on person mentoring his dad can do no matter how much he wants to yeah. somebody else. If he needs mentoring, it's going to have to be somebody local that's going to deliver yeah. it. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. There's so, so much that separation. So many people who don't have good relationships with their parents. Yeah. Um, there half the people who want mentoring want to recover from their relationship with their parents. That's and, true. And, that's yeah, sad, but true. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so just like maybe kind of just generally speaking, just to give people a mental picture, mm-hmm. what does a mentoring relationship look like? You guys have already said a little bit, like we take somebody along to something, you know, we just, but like, what does it, what does it look like just generally? Tim, you want to take it and then I'll pick up? Yeah, it's mentoring someone in my mind is, is simply getting to know them and having a conversation about the things that matter in somebody's life right now. And that can be done in, in a variety of ways. You know, it can be done by, you know, going over, going over to their house, uh, once a week, you know, here at high point, our, our program is, is designed so that mentors and mentees get together about once a week. Um, they, they can either, uh, have their conversation guided by um, predetermined, you know, questions uh, from a, a curriculum that we have, or they can kind of choose their own route and um, just talk about whatever life is throwing in their path right now. And it's, you know, for me, the the mentor's job is to to get to know their mentee on a, a personal level, to know what what is guiding them, what is 
causing them pain in at any given time and just allowing the Lord to work through, like you said, Nick, their, ex- their own personal experiences in the past to say, hey, this is what you should be on the lookout for. Hey, maybe this is a, an angle of, of something you uh, are experiencing, but you haven't really thought about in this way. They can provide a different perspective and uh, just a just a, a helping hand, you know, to, to literally walk alongside someone um, as they walk through life, I think is, is the great, a great picture. And if you, if you join at High Point, what you should expect as a mentee is that you will have a particular uh, start point and, and a particular ending point so that we ask uh, mentors to sign up for six months and, and for there to be a conclusion to the mentoring relationship, not a, not a conclusion to the relationship, not even a, a conclusion to getting together. In fact, we hope that the friendships will be so strong that perhaps this will create lifelong uh, friendships. But in terms of the formality of the relationship, uh, that has a particular start and a particular end uh, six months out. Um, and the, the reason for that, that, uh, that end is that uh, we we think that the the core things that we want to produce uh, the spiritual friendship, the the advice, and the, and the the relationship between the persons will have happened in that time, and that what takes place after that, especially assuming both parties still live in the area, uh, becomes a more a more casual relationship that you know would go on for for years and, and, and years to come. And, and then lastly, we, we want then after uh, someone pouring their life into you, man, man to man, after six months, we want that mentee to recognize that they indeed have a re- responsibility from Christ to be a follower as well as a disciple maker so that they'll be reaching out to Tim who signs up and mentors to say, yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to, to, to mentor someone. And I might be 25, but there's a college student that I, I could invest my life into, right? And so, mm-hmm. and so those are some of the things attached to our program. Yeah, I think just to add to that, you, you were talking about younger people. There's also a pile of kids in our youth group who are still at their homes, but some of them don't have dads in the home. They don't see their dads very much. And um, there are a bunch of young men that could use attention in that group. And that'll continue to be the case as those, as those kids reach out to their friends. We want them to be able to bring their guy friends to youth group and those guys to meet guys in their 20s who tell them that they're worth something and that just because their dad can't hold it together doesn't mean that they're not going to have a great life in Christ and like that they can't lead a family and all that. Amen. Yeah, yep. that's true. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that I want to just make clear that when when Lloyd says that it's a formal relationship for approximately six months, that 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 allows you to get all the all the structure that you really should need from a formal system, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and you know go through a book or something together, whatever. And then after that, you know, it's just in your hands what you want to do. There's no like Lloyd said, you, there's no reason you can't be still have that relationship. But what we try to offer is six months of structured relationship, but also with the recognition that like, if you needed really acute mentoring and now, you know, you really got help in some of the things you needed most, then sometimes it's good to let that mentor move on and spend some of that time with somebody that's a little more raw, that needs some more focused attention than hopefully you need. I mean, the, the hope is, is that 
we improve, we grow, we get stronger mm-hmm. and that our needs are less and our ability to give is more. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Lord, do you want to say anything about um, curriculum using curriculum versus just having a free flowing relationship in a mentoring yeah. relationship? Yeah. S- some men just do really much better. And so the curriculum that we're working with is uh, John Tolson's book, the F- four priorities. And in this book, there's a, six-month weekly curriculum, and each week there's about about eight pages of material um, that um, you, for you and your mentor to, to work with. The four priorities, the first one is a, a, a personal and progressive commitment to Jesus Christ. Second priority is a, a personal progressive commitment to yourself. This talks about caring for your own body, having sexual control, uh, control of your own body in that way. Uh, dealing with emotional control. Third, priority three, a personal progressive commitment to relationships, uh, marriage, friendship, um, that kind of thing. And then the fourth is a personal progressive commitment to the work of Christ in the world. And so this has to do with um, you being a part of a choice, a church being a disciple maker and an evangelist. So these are, these are the kind of fundamental uh, Christian things. And there are uh, 30, 28 of these weeks. And so that'll That'll carry you roughly for the for the first um, uh, uh, six months of uh, uh, of discipleship, and so this is perfectly legitimate. And the truth be told, even an MDiv as a mentee could could learn something from their mentor going through a, a, a curriculum like this. So this might be a 15, 20 minute conversation. Then that leaves 40 more minutes for any other kinds of things that might be going on. What's work like? What's school like? You know. What's church like? What's your friendships like? That kind of thing, which uh, which I have found is is uh, a, a really important aspect of the mentoring relationship is to be able to speak into that those personal areas. Cool, Tim. Anything from you? Yeah the the curriculum at least at High Point is is a tool and to the extent that it's useful in the growth of your mentee, let's use it. To the extent that it's just another thing that to talk about, um, you know, talk about something real instead. Yeah, I think that my understanding from is that that's a really good quality book, and it focuses yeah. on men working developmentally through their maturity. And part of what we're trying to do in men's ministry in general, and in men's mentoring in particular, is not just to do just general discipleship only, yeah. but to do for men what only men can do for men. That for the right. most part. Um, receiving manhood is one of the only things only men can do for other men. Women can do so much in men's lives, right? They can, they can be teachers. They can teach them physics and math and English and all this kind of stuff. They can nurture them and love them and support them and all those kinds of things. The only thing women really can't do for men is impart manhood, impart masculinity. And they can affirm manhood and masculinity, but they can't impart it. And so that book and this kind of relationship is kind of, is meant to help with that to where it's necessary and to deal with the issues. One of the things I think of in mentoring too is, is I just look for what the person needs in terms of what yep. they say they need. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if they say they need something that reveals, they need something they don't know they need. Then I try to give it that to them too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and usually that's plenty to know what to do in a mentoring relationship, you know? Right. Yes. So, all right. So, um, one of the last things to talk about here in, in this one is just um, 
we just we need more mentors. We have plenty of young men in the church who are open to mentoring, who've asked for mentoring. And um, so it's a fact that need, we need more mentors. So what what's the membership pitch for, um, hey, we need you to be men- men- mentors? And what's the next step for somebody who is sufficiently persuaded to take it? So right now we have uh, 18 men who are mentoring other men at High Point Church. And that is, is wonderful. And, and there are two or three mentors uh, in the wings uh, ready for the next group of men. But we know that if Nick... Uh, uh, preaches a sermon and and ask uh, for men to sign up to be to be mentored. There'll be another ten people that say yeah, that raise their hand and say yeah, I want to I want to be mentored. So we're always looking for men who are willing to invest in other men. And so I, I would say the pitch is that we know that Christ has called us all to be disciples and and disciple makers, mm-hmm. and one on one mentoring is one of the best ways that we can participate in Jesus's kingdom work. It's one of the it's one of the premier ways to do that. And the the appreciation that comes from someone that's mentored well is hard to put words into it. But oftentimes mm-hmm. when you hear people talk about folks mm-hmm. who have impacted them, it's been it's been people who've who've shared their lives with them. In Christ, mm-hmm. those are the folks that have had the most dramatic impact on our lives. So, if you if you want to to invest in something in, in some critical life building area, and we all and all of us should, this would be the work to invest in. Yeah. And for some of you, the next right thing is to go to highpointchurch.org/men and click be a mentor. Or get mentored if you're on that side of things. Or maybe it's both for some people. Um, and uh, we'll be in touch with you. Amen. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much, Lloyd. I want to thank you for the – and the church – I think the church, thank you for the stuff you've done to kind of get this rolling. Um, I know that there's been desire to do this for a while in the men's ministry in general, but I think uh, getting a little bit of specific focus from you has helped us get this thing launched. And then now that it's going, it's going to be up to – Tim and maybe Mike and me and others to try to keep it rolling uh, until it is really um, until it's kind of working on its own strength. So um, yeah. So uh, sign up to be a men's mentor, tell another man you think they would be a good mentor that they should sign up. If you're a woman, affirm the men around you. If you think they'd be good mentors to be mentors. Um, Remember this is the main way in the Bible that the gospel goes forward. People hear and believe from usually from some kind of proclamation but people are formed and become great in Christ, usually in one-on-one relationships. And I think one of the best points Lloyd made was just the amount of gratitude you find in people who have been loved this way and helped this way. So sign up. Um, and so Lloyd, one last thing for those who are addicted to podcasts and listening to stuff, <laughs> if people wanted to hear your sermons, is there a podcast? Is are your are your, your sermons going to be going out to the internet after you preach them at your new church? Yes, so my new church is River Valley Community Church in Aurora. If you go out and and, and search on River Valley in Illinois, you'll see two churches: one in Rockford, that's not us, and one in Aurora. And all of the sermons there will be are are on the website, so you'll be able to to get those or or even. Um, 
check into one of our live stream services. It'll be 10 o'clock. And I, I won't be there until August the 9th. That'll be my first Sunday there. But uh, River Valley Community Church in Aurora, Illinois. Google. And, and I'll be, you'll be able to catch up with me there. Sweet. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun. Um, hopefully, we'll have some, some interest in this. I know there's already some guys loaded up. I, the, uh, the, the guy, I know who you're talking about, the, the doctor who's got a bunch of kids. They just had a baby. Yep. And for him to sign up is, is incredible. But I'm just glad to see people at High Point recognizing how meaningful a ministry this can be and how big an impact it can have mm-hmm. in, uh, in the kingdom. So, all right, guys. Well, Thank you. Thanks for happening. And for all you listening, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. You can find more episodes online at highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on most podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Overcast. If you are listening on a podcast app, hit subscribe to get notified of future episodes. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.